and welcome to the Modern Times podcast. I am Ryan Scott. I am an editor-at-large with Modern Times Magazine and an entertainment writer for various publications. I am here with... Please introduce yourself. My name is Mike Zimmerlich, and I am the president of 8020 Records. And, uh, yeah, so you agreed to come on this week. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, so we are at your very awesome i have not been here uh um it's called cohoots yes it's called cohoots it's a what's called a co-working space right so basically around here you have designers developers you have um we have architects here law firm accountants you name it they're all here we even have another record label that works out of here too (laughs) so so you okay well yeah so anyway so that's the other point is that you run 80 20 records yeah but uh but yeah so i because i because i we really decided oddly enough this is like less than a block from the Modern Times office. Yeah, I didn't know that until yeah. you just mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's like funny. right. So it wasn't it wasn't far for me to go, but but I uh, or hard for me to find anyway. But I, I walked in. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. So like, so when did you start working out of here? Like, how long have you been in in this space? About three years ago, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they actually had this. We just moved here about two three months ago. So we were in a space just before that, right around Washington and Eleventh Street. Okay. Like right by the ballpark, and that place was about uh almost like a third of the size of this place. So they greatly expanded it to this location That's here awesome. and having a lot more people in it. So it's been amazing. It looks great. Like, it's really, and like even everybody I walked in, I know nobody here. I got like three hellos on the way in, which yeah. is very nice. Everyone's very friendly very, very here. Friendly. Um, I do often get that feeling like when I walk in somewhere new and especially because I've been having to do it lately with work like just people like who are you what are you doing here so it's nice to be like oh well hello friendly person everyone's very used to doing that around here because everyone knows that's the kind of environment it is because everyone's like hey what do you do hey what do you do oh cool well I can maybe connect you with this person or I can connect you with that person so that's why I love working here is because it's not just a great place to get the stuff done but I don't have to feel you know alone behind like my desk sure. you know, on the computer with all the lights off and you know late at night working I could really get to be interactive with people yeah. and actually have gotten a lot of like connect connections from people sure. who work out of here yeah I kind of I kind of miss that I uh, my, I, lo- I, I have zero reason to complain like my life lately has just been like a dream but uh, it I do like that extreme isolation like I'm always just like sitting on my laptop my crappy desk upstairs you know just and so yeah so that like i'm walking in here i was like oh that would be nice to sort of go you know like like see people every day you know right and i also i still like i also like to do work at home too because i like of that course, kind of isolation of course, yeah. you know where it's just like i have to really bog down and get work done or or throw a movie on in the background yeah. just to get some noise going yeah. uh but it's so great to just have a space that i can just go to whenever i need to yeah. and then just get that that kind of work done and just have that you know just, that just social element in my life yeah well it's, it's that always it's like that grass is always greener thing like yes. I say, like I want to be with people, but then as soon as like I'm sure if I was like forced to go to an office every day to do it, I'd be like, God, I just want to go home and yeah. sit and like you know stop bothering stop me bothering on everything. Me. Yeah, yeah. So, but but uh, it'd be nice to have the option. But so you, so you've been running the label for. Five, five years, four, eight. God, eight years. Eight That's years. crazy. Uh, I met you like two years ago at Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we uh, back when I was doing the Radio Adventure Club podcast. We we talked. We used to, you and uh, Gabe Cabanda. Yes, that's and, right. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. And uh, and um, I just immediately was like, uh, because I I've been familiar with a few of the bands that you were associated with, and um, I love like the theory that you have for what you do like you're big on like okay cool i love music i want to try to be involved in some way shape or form but i want to make sure that like the people doing the work get 
what's coming to them. So, like, because, uh, I mean, people know who you guys are, but not, like, everyone. So can you explain kind of, like, a little bit of the theory of the label and how you work versus, like, a, a more traditional record label? Like, yeah, absolutely. So the way that 8020 Records works, uh, it started out a long time ago where I decided I wanted to uh, start a business. And actually, the first business I ever created was a website that people can go up to, independent musicians go upload a couple of music for free onto. And uh, it would go into different uh, internet radio stations that we hosted and so forth, and did pretty well, but we wanted to do something different. So my partner said, we'll start a record label. And I said, well, if we're going to start a record label, I want to do something different. And I said, what if we gave 80% back? And he said, you're absolutely insane. And then thought about it for a second and said, I love it. Let's do it. It's always been a philosophy since day one. I really believed in giving back as much as we possibly can to artists. And then I realized, well, how am I going to make this actually happen? Sure, sure. So I read up on some textbooks, and then I just, within a few months, I signed my first band and then tried it out as I went along. But uh, after a while, uh, you know, we just started getting our pace and so forth and just figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And it's a constantly changing process. Sure. So what I like to explain is what we do for bands is that we help them out on the business side of things. So that can include everything from distribution to figuring out if there is uh, what kind of budget there is for an album, finding the right studio with the right producer. How is the album going to be released? How is it going to be distributed? And same thing true with music videos. So there's so much that goes behind being an artist that an artist if they did all themselves they would have no time to be creative right and even if they did try to do all themselves they wouldn't have, be able to well, so yeah a lot of people are kind of forced into that these days like even now like you can't just be purely a musician like you have to sort of you do have to learn like oh i gotta be somewhat business savvy and i gotta be somewhat you know even with a label right and, and you, have so, to, yeah, you yeah. have to be like a, a, a little celebrity too at times because you have Absolutely. to be on facebook and twitter and instagram and now snapchat and all these oh, other yeah, you gotta be super comfortable just being like hey i'm putting myself out there all the time and you gotta you know yeah 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 exactly so this is just a way to, to relieve a lot of that plus the fact that we've been doing it for so long too if an artist is starting out they they usually don't know where to even begin sure. so this is just a great way for us saying okay we've done this before so many times we know how to get you started we know how to start growing you and we'll start giving you those kind of opportunities along the way besides that we're um in comparison to other record labels we do what's more like a modular or a la carte system so sure. basically when an artist comes on board they say okay we need help in this area and then we say okay well this is what we can provide to you so this way it's not a huge commitment it's it's like i like to c compare it to relationships where you know for a lot of other record labels it's like okay it's a shotgun wedding like you're forced into the agreement <laughs> and that's it so it may work out or maybe a total hot mess Right, right. But you don't, but you really don't know until you go into it where we're more like, okay, well, you know what? Let's date first. Maybe let's go right. out or maybe go bowling with a couple of friends and see if it works. <laughs> then, then after that point, okay, if it's going well, then maybe let's go on a, like a movie. Some, some hand over the pants stuff on the yeah, second exactly. date. You know, on the second yeah, date yeah, 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 at yeah, that yeah. point in time. And then just continue it on. And then as, right. and, and we find it that it works, then we can start, you know, saying, okay, well, let's move in together. So that's the kind of way that I like to do it so this way is a lot less risk on their part to come on board for us sure. and same thing for us too it's making sure that there's a there's a good chemistry yeah there. you can sort of branch out the relationship instead of like that whole like scary like sign on the dotted line you yeah know? you're committed for next five ten years well, to us well not even that especially now the the label system is so like because there's all the 360 deals and everything else where like you know it used to be 
Because I talked to John from Cake, the lead singer Cake, last year, and he was talking about, you know, even them, it's just touring. It's the only way they make their money now. And, and, uh, and, but label, you know, it used to be okay, so the label, you know, you get a cut of the record, everything else is pretty much what, now they take a cut of any merchandising, any, if you get ever it's, no matter what, they're taking a piece. That's and, right. You know, so, so it's like, so cool, you might sign on the dotted line, but that might not even end up working out all that well for you, you know, because by the time you get your dollar twenty nine from your iTunes download, the band sees something like 30 cents of that, and you're dividing that between six guys. And it's crazy, and I, I, it's, it's tough because I, I, I definitely feel for the artists in those type of situations, but I also understand the other side, too, now running a label. Oh, absolutely. Because the labels, they're vesting so much uh, time and money into a it's band that yeah. they, don't, they don't even know if it's going to pan out or not. And so the majority of them, 90% of their the artists that they sign are going to lose money on. For sure. So they have to make up the difference on that 10%. So that's why they have to take so much of it yep. to make up for it. Where in our, our, in our method, we don't have to invest as much time and resources in the beginning. So we can afford to do an 80-20 split and giving 80% back to the artist because we're not investing as much as another a, sure, sure. a regular label will and at least in the beginning and then figuring out if it works and this way as long as the relationship works then both parties benefit in the end yeah for sure and and again that's saying I think that the a big part of the problem was god even god, it's been almost what, 15 years everybody's been trying to figure this stuff out that you know, when the whole downloading thing started, people just got worried and refused to sort of adapt. Like, the, the larger system is still refusing to adapt. Oh, yeah. Completely, which is just, it's gone through, like, three separate iterations now, which is bananas. But, but and that's, you know, I don't know who's to blame anymore. Those probably don't even, have, those people probably don't even have jobs anymore. You know, and it's just so, so it's just been, like, a large, okay, things need to change and adapt. And, like, you guys are trying you know you're trying to do something new different because everything is different and you know you can't just do the same do it the same way it's been you can't no it's impossible and there's so so many labels fold because of that reason and the only one reasons why the big ones are still around is because they are owned by you know behemoth companies that like okay yeah well maybe we're making a little bit of loss from that or or the superstars are making the difference so we'll keep keep you guys around because we're we're still making a ton of money off of the Beatles back catalog you know the back catalog stuff yeah they make the most money off of that stuff well that's the reason like Capitol Records and those major major which actually own most any smaller label that you want to associate with exactly Uh, but they, they just have that tremendous this back catalog of stuff that continues to make the money. Exactly. You know, so they're able to sort of hedge their bets and invest and hope that you get like a Taylor Swift or like or like an Ed Sheeran out of the hundred artists you invest in. Exactly. You know, and then and, and sure that works out great. You know, nobody's complaining. No, nobody's crying for any of these artists that are you know selling millions of records, which is very very rare now. But or or you know making whatever off their YouTube and Spotify streams but um, so how, how in terms you talked about uh, releasing now yes. like that's like a how, how the hell do you guys even wrap your heads around that anymore because like I'm finding more and more like somewhat smaller artists that I I still buy CDs that's my thing that's my preferred like I want to get the CD the vinyl has become kind of a niche so it's pretty easy to get a vinyl like it's becoming like smaller artists aren't putting out hard copies anymore yeah. Like, that's not, like, a guaranteed thing. But, like, so for you guys, you have to think, do we want to go Spotify? Do we want to just put it up on Bandcamp? Do we want to put out the CDs? Like, how, how do you even wrap your heads around getting your, like, figuring out what the right strategy for release is now? 
I know this might be sound like a cop out answer, but it actually it really depends on each artist. Well, sure, I, sure. It'd be completely situate different situation every single time, and a lot of it is experimentation. We go, okay, we're gonna try out this way, and we'll see how what the results are. Sure. Uh, what worked and what didn't work. Okay, let's try it this way around. So, and it also depends upon the music too. Is it pop music? Is it indie rock music? Is it you know rap music? They all have different things. Or releasing a couple a couple singles, or releasing sure. an EP, or releasing a full length. All those are taken into consideration when determining what kind of release it is. Normally, especially for an, my personal opinion, is when an artist is just stand, uh, starting off to get the music out there as much as humanly possible. Oh, yeah. You want to get people to actually listen to your music. So even if it means going on Spotify and not getting much from the streams, if you can at least get them to listen to you and sure. get it continuously to be in their playlists, they're going to remember you. And then when something comes up on the line saying, hey, they're performing in your town. Yeah, they'll go to the show. They're going to so, go yeah, to the yeah. show and you start building your fan base that way. Once you have an established fan base, then the strategy will change. Yeah. You know, but especially in the beginning, uh, it's the way just I look about at it, gaining an audience. It's just to, gaining an audience at that point and then finding other ways to make money, whether it's touring or through merchandise or like you mentioned, doing vinyl or yeah. some other form. We even did something with Captain Squeegee. Sometimes you have to think some outside the box. Sure. So with Captain Squeegee, we had these things called uh, USB keys. Yep. And they were molded to look like an actual metal key. Yep. And it was it's just a two gigabyte drive, not much space on it, but we threw a ton of content on yep. there. And even though the majority of that content you can find online, it was the mere fact that uh, it, it looked really cool yeah. and people wanted it. So we sold out of those things. Yeah, but it's a cool, but th that's the other thing too, is I actually, uh, I wonder if, I went to school, audio recording school, Matt, the drummer? Yes. Of uh, Captain Squeegee, and great. What, seriously, first off, one of the best drummers, like he is incredible. Everybody in that band's incredible, but but he's a good dude. And, and we, uh, we um, one of our teachers actually talked about that. They put their entire uh, discography of their band's music on like a flash drive. So instead of trying to say piecemeal, buy out all of our CDs that you're not even going to use, here's a flash drive with all of our music on it. Cool, it's fifteen bucks as opposed to paying, you know, whatever. But that, but it's like it gets people like, especially if you're going to go to the show, be interested. Okay, cool. I would maybe like some sort of souvenir, and that's like you said, it's like a cool thing, but it also has like a ton of utility. Like it's got a ton of content on there, and you own it. Like it's like you said, you can maybe find you own it. it exactly. But it's it's about that experience, and right? it's also it's curated it... too. Like it's not like you're searching all over for all these different things. You're like here, you have this curated thing of like all this content. Exactly, and plus the fact that on like the key itself, it had Captain Squeegee's logo yeah, on it, so sure. it's all branded. So it's a whole experience of them listening to the band, and being uh, amazed by their music and their performance, going up to the merch area and then seeing this key that is something that they normally don't see at a merch table sure. before and they just look and going oh I gotta get this yeah it always sort of um, peaks interest because like you go to Absolutely. a table and you expect to see some free stickers some pins maybe um, a CD and probably a shirt and yeah this... sometimes you'll see a hat or but it's like it's always the same and then anytime there's something that sort of is out of the ordinary, and I remember about four years ago you started seeing cassettes, yeah. but, which I can't say, I don't understand, I don't get it, I hate it, it's ridiculous, I think cassettes sound terrible, I, I'm not going to deal with like why it's such a, oh, they sound great, no, they don't, science, like, science can prove to you they sound terrible, but, <laughs> but, but people, but it's like, but it catches your attention, like, why right. the hell do you have a cassette? And so now that's sort of become a little little trendy and a little, little like, kind of passe, and people have it, but it did initially, like... It's an, it's nostalgia, and that's the yeah, thing. Yeah. It, at, the, at the end of the day, it's all about how you feel about what, sure, you, sure. what you're getting into, and that's so true when it comes to music. At the end of the day, if you're making somebody feel for your music and have some sort of connection to it, and you can and then extend.
send that across into whatever else that you're selling and so forth. Because that's the thing. It's like people are buying a hunk of metal, which is what the USB key was. Sure. It made them feel great because they thought they thought it was so cool and that they're helping, you know, they're basically, you know, being involved with this band sure. and being involved in their culture. Well, it's very much a squeegee-esque thing. Too. Oh, it's very yeah, squeegee-esque yeah, thing. Yeah. So that's the whole point. But that's but that's the thing. It's like we they, they feel good about that. They feel sure. like they're part of the band now. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's all about... Like, you know, that's how Radiohead has sort of succeeded over these years, you know, without having a hit single since 97, you know, yeah. but yet they they continue to, because the, they, the, the way that they interact and sort of, like, do good by their fans all the time, and, and, you know, that's, like, the largest possible scale version of it, but they haven't really needed the help of the establishment for ages now, you know, no. like they, you know because because they had their built-in audience and they've always done right by their audience and on a smaller scale you can always do that same kind of thing absolutely it's just scaling like it's just getting that initial audience to sort of like market to podcasting largely works the same way like if you can get a few thousand dedicated fans you can kind of do live shows and you can kind of you know so it's all the it's everything's so niche now like that's kind of what it's become absolutely um so You've done this for eight years. That's like a lot. Like it, that's not something that if you commit eight years of your life to anything, if you live to be 120 years old, that's still like a large percentage of your life. Like if you stop today, so you don't do that just to say like ah, it's just a thing I'm doing. Like, what has kept you so committed to this for so long? Like, that's kind. Of, that's a long time to do something. That's a good question. Uh, when I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I wanted to do something that I was passionate about. Sure. And I'm a I'm the kind of person who loves helping people. And I'm so passionate about the music industry and about artists. I'm, I'm a musician myself, or used to be. I don't get to play much anymore. Sure. But uh, So music has always been a big part of my life, probably more so than even running 8020 Records. So... I want to do something that I can make a difference in, sure. and especially with the music industry and the way that it, it was back then and it is still today, I want to be something where I can say, hey, you know what? We can disrupt this industry. We can do something that we can give the most back to artists and still everybody wins. And that's always been my goal and that's why I've been striving for this because that was the challenge. Is It's not just about creating a business and being successful in business. It's to create a difference so that you know people can get get paid for their creative and get compensated accordingly and that's something that i'm strongly believe in sure well yeah and that's it's like a no you know it's noble it's not like cool it's started regular because it's cool you're like actually trying to do something you know like to make it make a difference um what's changed the most in eight years like that's a long time like again like what do you think like is like if there's one thing that you think has changed the most for like either in the industry or like for your little corner of it specifically Oh wow, that's a really good question. I got to think about that one because, like, eight years, even from yeah. from my end, like, I don't run a label, but like, I, I just the I think for me, like, the biggest, the most significant thing is streaming. But 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 yeah, in general, for the industry itself, streaming is the, by yeah. far the biggest change. The fact that CDs have you know that I did not expect streaming to take off as quickly as it did. Super quick. It was incredibly quick. I mean, when I started using Spotify, I started getting accustomed to the fact that you like streaming and I started understanding how beneficial it was, but it wasn't until 
I'm trying to think of a good time. It wasn't until a couple of years ago that all of a sudden I saw it spiking it's up. Exploded. It just exploded. Yeah. And then as soon as that happened, and then as soon as I saw single downloads going down the tubes, I said, yeah. that's it. That's, that's it. That's yeah. it for single downloads. CDs, I think, is just, it's going to sputter off. I think CDs, CDs still sell well. So ish. Yeah. ish. You'd be surprised. Like, we usually run out of CDs. Because yeah, smaller run stuff. Smaller run yeah, stuff. Yeah. Because not like, I'm not talking about big box stores like yeah, yeah. You know, Walmart. No, that's talking the, that, about, that stuff's gone. They, like, like, if you're a bit of Best Buy lately, they have one or two dude, aisles left. Me out. I used to love Best Buy. Used to be like people used to laugh. Like, dude, Best Buy used to be an excellent. Even like a handful of years ago, was an excellent place to go buy CDs. Like, even like you get stuff you would you wouldn't even think about there. But now it's like you go in there, they have like the smallest. It sucks. It's yeah. you know for a guy that like likes to go record shopping, you know it's a bummer. But actually, I found that's a good thing because now I feel that the local record stores are doing a lot better because of it. Because now instead of going to Best Buy or Target, whatever yeah. the case is, to go searching for music, people are now going to you know Zia, Stinkweed, yeah. or Revolver to going and checking out new music. Yeah, and, and I love Zia. I've always loved Zia, but I've also always been kind of like a um, uh, a man of the free market. And uh, nobody can beat those first week Target sales, you know, in terms of <laughs> like you know, a new record comes out, you know, because I, I mean, I'm, I love going to Zia. Like I go all the time. They just opened that one in Mesa. It's like right down the street from my house. I'm super excited. I guess for me, what like for me personally, when I purchase music, when I go and actually pick, purchase something physically, I'm not looking for the sale. I'm looking for I really want this. Yeah, for and sure. I will pay whatever it is. So, for example, I have a, a record collection. It's small. It's about maybe thirty, but every single one is very. Curated, curated, curated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why, for me, record store day is is my yeah, bane yeah. of my existence because I'm like, okay, all the here's yeah, my yeah, money, yeah. just yeah. give me these because these are I'm a sucker for exclusives or limited sure. runs or those kind of things. That stuff's always fun. So and there's you know a couple of key bands where I'm I just say okay, whatever the album is, I'm yeah. gonna complete these ones. For what are some bands. of those bands? What are the ones? That, uh... I only have two, okay. and I am I am missing some albums, but um, Red Hot Chili Peppers is okay. one. And I have almost all of them. I think I'm missing Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. I didn't get The Getaways yet. I'm still debating if I really like that album or not. Couldn't care for the last two. Yeah. But, but that's interesting that uh, you don't have Blood Sugar, Sex Magic of all. Yeah. Of them. That's like I, I'm more. I actually like the the, the middle round. The middle. I'm kind of with you. I love Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, but yes. I, I constantly like. I don't want to say argue with people, but like I. Firmly believe Californication is the best album they've ever done. See, for me, it's by the way, but Californication is a by the way, second. great. By the way, is I mean, because it's, it's like a newer. I mean, I know it's still back in two thousand two, but it's yeah. still like newer. But I, I think Californication is without question the best. You know, but everybody always, oh no, it's Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I'm like, that's fine. You think that, but like you put on Californication, I think it's it's amazing, especially yeah. with the Chili Peppers fans that everyone has the kind yeah, of yeah. I find it mostly it's either Californication or Blood Sugar or Sex Magic. I'm kind of the outlier with no, no. I think with, by the way, is by the way, incredible. Well, I, I I I I'm most interested by the one hot minute apologizers, like yeah, that because like, my friends is an incredible incredible song and then everything else that surrounds that song is kind of like a shit sandwich on that album to me yeah. but 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 what so what so you got chili peppers and, chili peppers, and then the new pornographers oh okay oh that's a that's an interesting one yeah i got introduced to them back in 07 i think and i just fell in love with that band i just love them so every single album i'm, I'm only missing now someone i'm really a completionist in it i'm only missing one of them i'm missing the challengers album oh, okay. and, I, and it's funny people tell me well why don't you just order online i said that's not the point it's i want to find you want to go get i get it, it, yeah. like, find it at their local record store that's what happened with by the way i looked for it for two years looking at different record stores i even went to south by 
by Southwest and looked in record stores there when I went out there. Couldn't find it. And then all of a sudden, a friend of mine called me up, uh, Jason Schaff. You know Jason, Oh, right? yeah, 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 of yeah. Course, yeah. So Jason calls me up and goes, Mike, I see one here at Revolver. Yeah. I said, I'll be right there. I got in my car and I drove as fast as I could down there. And it, like almost like a, the Holy Grail is up on the, yep. on the, the, on the, um, one of the aisles on the, um, the, whatever. So you're talking about the actual vinyl copy? The actual yeah, vinyl yeah, yeah, copy. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, yep, that's mine right there. Say, Cause you can find that CD like nobody's business. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. you know, vinyl. Oh, yeah. yeah. Vinyl I'm like to collect. Sure. CDs, not so much. Yeah. I see CDs are my preferred, like listen, but I do have like my handful of vinyls that are like super fucking cool that I have that I'm like. That it won't ever touch a needle, but like they're like I have an original Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. I have like, like it's like and it's like that's not like my best friend uh, keeps begging me to like take it. I'm like, I can't I can't do it. I'm so afraid to like put a needle to it. But 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 yeah, like vinyl's fun like that where you're like, I have it, you can't touch it, but I you know. You know what's funny about CDs too, is that most of the CDs I have are all local bands. And that's where I actually collect. Anytime that a band sends me a CD, I, I keep it. Because out of respect for them. They sure. took the time to give me the CD or whatever the case is. So I kept every single one. So I have a huge box you now. You probably have some pretty interesting ones. Like, that would be an interesting, like, shoebox to go through. Like, oh, I, I went through it not too long ago. I said, wow, these bands I completely forgot about. Yeah, I saying, and, like, probably because like, the Arizona local music scene is so weird like that where you'll get this band that'll, like, bubble up real quick and then they'll just, like... Drop off. Like, yeah. it, but it's weird. They'll get, like, this... They won't just, like... Because that's the weird thing about it. Lately, the music scene out here has been just, like, kind of blossoming, which is, I find strange as someone who's lived out here for as long as I have, and it was so bad for as long as it was. But, like, you will get, like, what, there was this band, I can't think of, I want to say it was called Four Banger back in, like, 2002. Oh, and wow. they just, and they just, like, real quick, got a bunch of radio play on the edge, and, like, and then just felt, it, it was, like, a six-month just... You know, so that, but that, I don't, I don't know how music scenes are elsewhere, but that happens here often, where it's like oh, you get a band that just explodes and then dies like really quickly. Yeah, that I've seen that happen so often, and yeah, well, uh, in eight years you've probably seen. I've seen that so yeah. much happen in the past eight years, and I go back and I found CDs from bands that I met my first year, sure. and like there's this band that was called Sweet Sin that I love, Jesus, and that was way back in 2007, 2008, and I, I found it was just a burned CD, but I kept it because you know that that brings back memories. Like wow, I remember this band, I remember. This their music. I love their music. So strange, Captain Squeegee band on your label is like the one band's been like that through line the whole fucking yep. time. Like I literally don't remember a time where I liked music where Captain Squeegee didn't exist. Like they've been around for ten years yeah, now. Yeah, Captain Squeegee and the Soap Suds originally. Yeah, it's more of like a ska band. Yeah, and and, uh, and uh, no original members now, right? Like not a single original not a member. single original member of the band, which is so bizarre. I know uh, Dan Danny likes to joke about that all the time because I remember when I first uh, had a conversation with him, I really thought he started he said no he said i i wasn't even in it for like a year a couple of years later sure in fact the oldest member is actually austin he actually was is technically the oldest member of captain squeegee so strange it's so weird but they've evolved so tremendously much like you know and they're one of those bands so you said with the live show like i like a lot of captain squeegee's like recorded stuff but like you kind of need to see it to sort of like really understand like oh that's what this is yeah because we talked about this last time like i don't really know how to explain them to somebody like they can't either it's and, so and, funny and that that is a marketing challenge because everybody <laughs> yes. wants that like quick what, what is it yeah you know like you know what's it like 
uh, you know, you sort of stop. Like the way I do it nowadays, I, it depends on who am I talking to. So if I talk yeah. to somebody who is in the music scene or knows music really well, we either will tell them it's either um, progressive jazz rock or psychedelic ska or something along those lines is usually what we'll yeah. combine. Progressive jazz rock is the closest, but it's still there's something there is an edge that's missing when you say progressive yeah. jazz rock. Like it, yeah, it's something we're still trying to figure out. Because they're almost like they almost have these moments where it borders on like Mr. Bungle-esque metal but it's not metal it's like but there is like when you say progressive jazz rock it's a little it gives this softer impression than it is like it's that's so close it's so close close. that's why like we're literally refining it the whole way through yeah god that's so close I'm just trying to there must be like some other like thing in there yeah you can just kind of like because that's that's right there but it doesn't quite yeah if if anybody knows if anybody's got like if anybody can listen yeah if anybody can listen to Captain Squeegee listen to like Duly Noted and explain that yeah give us give us the genre of that and we'll end up probably using it <laughs> yeah, just we'll give you, I'm sure Mike will give you credit uh, for that so yeah because it is such a like it's like this weird because normally I hate that when bands well we don't really sound like anything else I'm like shut up yes you do and then I'm like <laughs> yeah. no and I do and I'm so rude about it because I'm like I hate hearing that I'm like stop it or they compare uh, themselves to like the most gen- generic band yeah, possible I'm like, I'm or like, like the Bill- Beatles I'm like no you're yeah, not I'm like would you stop it like I do it all the time like, would you, like we don't sound like anybody else I'm like you sound like a ton of other people you need to stop this right now like because it's like you're turning me off immediately by like trying to put yourself on it's you mm-hmm. music is a melting pot now everything sounds like something usually the way that I usually take it because a lot of bands have, have a trouble. I say, look, if you're not sure, take two bands that are your main influences, yeah. and then you say, this band meets this band. Sure, and, and that's then the best way, just yeah. And then it's like, okay, I'll get, I get it now. I have a general idea. I just of hate that. Well, sound. we're not really any one genre. I just like you need to stop. You need to just like, it, it, do you have any idea how much of like a put off it is? Like when I, as someone who hears a lot of music, and like when you get close to like 30, you start reaching this maximum level in your head of music you can really care about. And it's sort of depressing, but also, like, it just, like, you gotta, if you want me to live, you gotta make me care quick. Like, you know, yeah. like, you can't, and especially, I love music. Like, I'm not even, like, representing your average consumer. Most people won't give a shit. Especially, they're not gonna sit there and tolerate some pretentious rant about how you don't sound like anything. Like, no, they want a quick basis of comparison. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's interesting with Squeegee, though, that, like, you just can't. Um, but, yeah, they, they were one of your earliest bands too right like they were no they're more of my more recent more, more re- okay so they, they came on board uh three years ago oh okay all right so they came on they came on board and then shortly thereafter is when we came out with the to the bardos album yeah which through is us. A great great yeah. record if thank you wants to. yeah the especially like there's that middle kind of chunk of the record that starts with duly noted and so and rose through a oh, man um it's just a really good like like run of like five songs in the middle meat of that record. It's just fucking great. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> okay. No, I, we're very proud of that album. In yeah. fact, uh, we actually are recording new music. I'm excited. I know. So uh, we'll probably be releasing that sometime next year. But I'm very 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 excited. I've already heard a couple of the songs from it, and it's it's going to be incredible. Uh, so what? Uh, just as we're kind of sort of winding down towards sticking the landing here, uh, what what what's going on with you? Like, is there anything you guys want to talk about in terms of like what the label's doing right now? Any stuff you guys have coming up? Anything you want to sort of? The uh, biggest thing right now is Captain Squeegee just got off tour from Summerfest. Sure. So we did that with the Epic Proportions tour, yep. which they are amazing guys. Hey Gabe. Yeah. Hey Gabe. <laughs> so uh, we uh, so that we just went up to we just got back from Summerfest, which was a blast. I loved it, and uh, after that. That we're actually going to be releasing a new music video. It'll be the last music video from the two the Bardos albums sure. for Duly Noted. Awesome, great! And that was a year in the making. That music video. Uh, Captain Squeegee gets a lot making. of attention for their videos because they always do like really sort of 
again, like you talk out of the box. Like they're not, they don't look like these cheaply produced, like local band, you know. Wait until you see this. Yeah, play, I, I love, I personally love every single music video this Captain sure. Squeegee's done, but I think this one is going to come out with a bang. Sure, for in the your non biased opinion. Yeah, my unbiased <laughs> opinion. No, I'm dead serious. I mean, no, I love, I all, I love all of them, yeah, and yeah. they've been all superb. This one, we definitely took it to the next level as far as zaniness is sure. concerned. And if you've ever seen any of the Captain Squeegee music videos, you know that's saying a lot. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but I think it's it's suiting for the band though. They always sort of fit like this is the tone, you know, that we we are, or at least are at the moment. But yeah, that's cool. That's great. I'm excited to see what you guys do for that video because it's a very like it's a great song. It's a yes. it's a uh, I was. Uh, did you guys? Because that was one of the singles, right? Did you guys? Ever, yes, that's one of the singles. Did you? Did you guys ever consider? Because I. And again, I wonder if they even care. But like, as a, there's like that huge, like sprawling progressive saxophone solo in the song. Mm -hmm. Did you guys ever think about like? Because I don't even know how radio factors in anymore. But like doing like a radio edit of any songs or anything like you know like they used to, like because I don't even know how that even matter if that even matters anymore. We thought about it at the time, but then decided against it. Sure. Uh, we just want to put it out as is. Yeah. And yeah, it was such a good song that radio still ended up spinning it anyway. Sure. sure, sure. They, yeah, yeah. We actually got a little bit gripey. They're like, guys, why did you make this so you know a four minutes plus song? Mm -hmm. But we had to play it because it's that good. Yeah. Because that was my own thing. I listened to it, and I tend to think very practically. Like yeah. even if it like because I'm not like an artist so like I tend to think like huh, I wonder if more people might be well you know if they just cut a little bit of that you know they do that with like epic by faith no more always has like you do there's some of those radio edits where like if you're used to the regular song you're like damn it why they you know mm -hmm. the doors famously can't you know because all their songs are 10 minutes you know but uh but yeah I was just curious if that's something that ever kind of crossed your mind oh yeah we always yeah. we always discuss those things and weigh the pros and cons it's it's a very difficult uh decision to make because you don't want to compromise on the creativity of Absolutely. the song but at the same token you want to get it on air too yeah so damn, it's like one of those right. things yeah, yeah. yeah. so so we, we want to, you know, we, we always discuss and feel like, you know, figure, okay, is it really, is this really going to be a core part of the song? And if we really do feel like this is the case, we'll keep it as sure, it. Sure. And we feel like, yeah, no, we can take it out. Then, okay, then we'll probably take it out. Just make it a little bit shorter. Yeah, no, all that saxophone was very necessary. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a good part of the song. No, I love it. You get lost in it. It's great. Yeah. I, I just was uh, curious. So is there anything else? You got the Cat Squeegee video coming out. Uh, anything else you kind of want to talk about? That's pretty much it for 820 at the moment. I mean, we've got a lot of things, other things in the works. Unfortunately, I can't talk about any of it right now. For sure. Sure. But believe me, you'll probably, everyone will, will know very shortly awesome. a lot of the things we got going on. Great. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, uh, it's funny. We've been talking a little bit um, more lately because like we, you know, met a couple years ago and talked about it, but like I've been going to more shows lately because I can afford it because I'm not destitutely broke anymore and I'm getting invited to stuff and it's been cool. Like even starting at like uh, McDowell Mountain last year, like we just keep running into each other. I know, right? Like we just keep like, oh, hey, my, hey, you know, it's been, it's been real nice like seeing you around and, and um and you're sort of like, and you sort of just like went, you know, like, you're really committed to what you're doing now. And it's, it's cool because, like, you're one of the only other people I know that, like, had to take, like, this insane leap of faith at one point just to be like, I'm either going to do this or I'm not going to do this. Let's see what happens. For yeah. sure. Uh, oh, one more thing. Before I forget, oh, for sure. I do have one other thing. Uh, I actually, A20 Records is hosting an event we, uh, for this band called Civil Youth. And it's on August 17th at Rebel Lounge. Awesome. This is an interesting show. We've actually never done this. This doesn't have any A20 bands on it. It's the only time we've ever oh, done this. so you're this. just kind of promoting. We're just promoting it. They mm. came, you know, um, the band, you know, the band Jane in the Jungle? Yeah. Okay. So they actually came 
came to us and asked if we could want to be involved in this event, and uh, I absolutely love what Jane and Juggle is doing right now, and they mentioned about this band, Civil Youth, that's coming from Pennsylvania, and I said, yeah, you know what, let's let's work on this and see what it's going to be like. So we helped put together the whole show. So that's going to be on August 17th, and it's going to be Civil Youth, Jane the Jungle, and Alien Atmosphere. Awesome. Yeah, cool. so it should be a really fun time. Uh, Rebel Lounge is a fun place. You know, I love that. I like Rebel Lounge. Rebel Lounge is always a... It's got, like, this just kind of, like, really charming, divey... Uh, I don't know. It's it's just very. It's a, there's a charm to it. Oh yes. Yeah. That um. It's like it's a very punk. It's yeah. A very punk kind yeah. Of feel to I it. saw like Kyle Gas Band there a little while ago. That was at the show too. Yeah, that it was, was cool. a ton of fun. Yeah. And we played for like two hours. They just would not get off stage. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was like really fun. And uh, yeah, that's great. Well, Mike, it's always so good to see you, man. It's good seeing you uh, too. I'm bummed you can't come to Suicide Squad with me, but <laughs> I know. Trust me. I have a very special bond with my brother. Yeah. I have to go yeah. see it with him. Yeah, I uh, I get to go see movies early often because of my job. And, and Mike, uh, the last show we were at was like Mixtape Mandy in town did, did a mix change recently. And uh, uh, Mike was like, oh my God, dude, if you get like a Suicide Squad screen. And I got, and I got the early screening of Suicide Squad. I'm like, all right, Mike, you told me. You I told me to let you know. no idea how much it paid me. I was like, no, the one that like, I really I did can't too. go. I, I already had like a few other people asking and they were like, and I was like, no, I promised my buddy Mike. Yeah. I promised him. <laughs> <laughs> I told him and I'm a man of my word. And like, and I, uh, and like, I, I actually was trying to find uh, that gif last night of the Joker saying like, I'm a man of my word. Yeah. yeah, I was going to send you that. And, but, uh, but yeah, so, but anyway, so that was, uh, but yeah, Mike, it's so good to see you, man. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy with everything that you got going on. And, Thank uh, you. Oh, where can people find, just like if anybody's interested in the label or any of the acts or anything like that? Absolutely. Go to our website, which is www.8020records.com. Cool. And then uh, Twitter, 8020records? Yeah, everything is all 8020records. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think we have a Snapchat. We don't use it much, but we should be doing it. So many platforms you have to I know. It's like, all right. I don't even Instagram. Everybody sounds like you have Instagram. Like, I don't take pictures of anything ever. Like, you want me to just post GIFs on there? Because that's what I do on Twitter. Like, I don't, you, you probably know. would get 10,000 followers sure. just for that alone. But I get so tired. Like, it's like, I just, I'm just like, because I don't even, and now all of a sudden everybody wants you to Snapchat and all of a sudden I just don't even, it's, I, but you, like, you have to do that something. Yeah, like, no uh, choice. Yeah, no, yeah, no choice. In the <laughs> all right, well, thank you very much. Uh, we will see you guys in the next podcast.